What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. What's up, man? Nothing, man. Still excited about that Super Bowl that we just had. You know, I get this strange feeling that you and I have been talking about this for a while now. And, you know, we're just going to have to show some enthusiasm about how great this game was. Well, I mean, it was pretty good, so I feel like we could talk about it forever. Now, where (laughs) would you rank this? In in the Super Bowl pantheon, uh, somewhere in the bottom five, definitely. I just can't think of the Super Bowl. The problem <laughs> is, is this might have been an exciting Super Bowl back in what seventy one, sixty five. A real steel curtain defense on both sides of the ball. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if this this Super Bowl was actually bad or. Are we now spoiled because all we think about is offense? Because I feel like back in the day, this would have been a great Super Bowl, you know, like a 13-3 Super Bowl. Uh, I feel like there were more of these type of Super Bowls before, and maybe we should appreciate this was, this was a defensive matchup. Nah, man, this is the lowest scoring Super Bowl in history. Oh, okay. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> I tried to give us no credit. Nah, they said, it... Yeah, I saw they set records for, like, the lowest scores in each quarter or something, like, it was it was it was bad. I was doing squares and I was so mad when it was like zero zero three zero three three, terrible man. I mean it it was bad. I do have to say, um, even like the the halftime super the uh, performance was bad. You know what I mean? Like the whole thing was just bad. And uh, I mean, I, like all right, I got to say this about Maroon Five. The first album, songs about Jane. I ride for that. I think it's a great album. Anything after that? Mm-mm. It just ain't, it ain't, it's not what I fuck with. So, it it's wasn't just, a good. You, you're right. The whole event of being a Super Bowl, for one, we talked about it last week. The um, build-up for it was not great. It could have been the teams. Cause I felt like last year when the Eagles played, there was a lot more build-up. There was a better storyline. I don't think there was much anticipation for this game. I don't think the build-up was high. L.A. is in a crazy football fan base. I mean, it's so much, so many things splitting their attention. Did you attention. see that they got the lowest rating um, for a large or for large media market? Was it, everyone thought it was going to be New Orleans, which was low, but it was actually L.A. Not even people in L.A. gave a shit about this game. But they need two teams, though. You can't really blame them because they don't have a real deep connection with the Rams. The Rams. Then why they got St. two Louis? teams? I mean, I I agree. I'm just saying that the Rams were in St. Louis. They just got there last year. So it's not like there's a bunch of people in L.A. that just love the Rams. So I wouldn't think that it would have a high rating. You know what's awesome? What? The last team to bring a Super Bowl to L.A.? The uh, Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Shout I mean, out to Chris Berman out there. Another history lesson. You sound like a Dallas Cowboy fan, man. Hey man, shut up! Nobody ask you nothing. You guys could be historians on the great times back when we wore leather helmets. Which reminds know. me, Cliff Branch and Tom Flores should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm tired of this shit. No Jim cares. Plunkett too. No one cares. Derek Carr on his way. Charles I've been Woodson. telling you that all year. Um, so what went wrong for the Rams? What went right for the Patriots? Uh, or what went white for the Patriots? <laughs> What went white for the Patriots? Yeah, uh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first and foremost, I need to know immediately what's going on with Todd Gurley. Because nothing that's coming out that I'm hearing is making sense. Is he hurt? Is he not hurt? Todd Gurley saying he's healthy. Sean McVay saying he's healthy. Well, if he's healthy and he's the highest paid running back in the NFL, why isn't he getting the carries? I don't care how good C.J. Anderson is. I don't care if he did win a Super Bowl way back. I don't care. You pay a running back to be a running back. Now I'm just hearing stupid stories like, oh, C.J. Anderson blocks better. Well, if he blocks better, why couldn't he even be a third down back in Denver and they got rid of him? No way he blocks better than Ty Gurley. Just nothing about the situation makes sense. That's what went wrong for the Rams. You can't have the best player on your team not get touches. I don't care if he's he's 80%, 60%. He still has to get touches, even if it's a decoy. You don't even have him on the field. It's just the weirdest thing that I've ever seen in the Super Bowl. So you're saying that they had classic Pete Carroll syndrome where they got too big for their bitches and took their best player off the field. 
Well, hell, I think even Marshawn Lynch was on the field at that point in time. He oh, just I was didn't going get back the to ball. Reggie Bush. Oh, you. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, I just think so that you're talking about USC Reggie Bush, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't talk about that. Those don't exist. Uh, I guess uh, technically they don't. <laughs> They've been white for the record books. My memory must be flawed. I don't. I have a terrible memory, but for some reason I really do remember a USC Texas game, and I seem to remember them winning the national title. Yeah, I don't remember them playing OU, so I remember the Texas game. I don't remember the OU game. That that's not on the record. Oh, books. I, I that, bet you don't. That's been wiped clean, sir. Let's not discuss it. <laughs> um, man, I just. I don't even know what to say about the Super Bowl. It, it was boring. It, it was not well coached on the Ram, on, from the Rams' perspective, but both defenses played extremely well. I was actually very impressed with the Patriots' defense, and you know now that their defense coordinator has been hired. By the way, Brett Bielema is a defensive coordinator. I mean, how do you fall upwards? How does this man fall upwards from being a terrible? Co- anyway, well, Cliff so, Kingsbury fell into head coach, so this isn't even the farthest upward fail <laughs> so yeah but is brett bielema known as a defensive stalwart like i mean where did that come from well i would think that he would be a defensive line coach first but maybe they feel like they're secure on the defensive line because those defensive linemen are pretty good shout out to trey flowers yes yeah, university so, of arkansas razorbacks so maybe that's why they're bringing them in to Teach coach up the young people on the defense i have no clue it, was, it seems weird i don't know um yeah, man, it was just it was an odd game. It wasn't fun to watch. The Super Bowl, or excuse me, as we talked about, you know, the halftime show was bad. It was it was just it wasn't good all around, man. And and you know, you and I talk about the NBA growing and becoming the the sport um, to talk about. Um, the build up to this game wasn't good, and the product for this game was not good. What goes so far as to say even the thing that used to bring non-football, non-sports fans, the commercials, aren't as good? Nope. So, I mean, nothing about this event that used to make it a spectacle is there anymore for me. Now, sometimes the product is better on the field, depending on the team. So, you still have that. The halftime show, ever since the Janet Jackson um, incident, has been kind of up and down. But... I just I don't know I don't think it's the biggest event anymore. Yeah, um, and if you ask me, we could use some more boobies on on the screen. Now I know that that's not going to work in today's uh, environment. Hell, in but... today's environment, it wouldn't even be a big deal. She people go out there with like just little things on their nipples. That's pretty much what she bring did. Cardi B out with some of them things on her nipples. We'll watch. Yeah, I mean it's, that wouldn't what happened then wouldn't even be a spectacle today. You'd be like, huh, nipples. Just, <laughs> hey, oh, nice outfit. Cool. I need to get one of those. <laughs> um, Man, but seriously, let me ask you this. So I think that the Rams, and you take a different stance, I don't think the Rams deserve to be there um, in the first place. So is that game different if the Saints are in it? It's hard for me to say, man, uh, because I do think that the Rams' defense played an excellent game. At the end of the day, you held Tom Brady to 13 points overall, and it was more like 10 points for most of the game. I mean, we're talking about until the last four minutes of the game is a one-possession game before the Patriots came up with that interception. So the, the Rams' defense did their job. I mean, in today's NFL, if you can hold a team below 16 points, that's a game that you should win, especially when you supposedly have this innovative offensive coordinator that all he does is focus on the offense. That's his fault because if anybody's watched the Rams game, that's all they talk about is how Sean McVay only focuses on the offense and they let uh, Wade Phillips only focus on the defense. So the defense, Wade Phillips came in there prepared. Wade Phillips did his job. Sean McVay did not do his job to put up three points in the Super Bowl when you've been putting up points all season, then not to play Todd Gurley. It's just ridiculous. It's unexcusable. I don't care what's going on. If you have a one-possession game, they should have been running that football a lot more than they did. And it's, it's, I don't understand. He can say he got out coach, but I'm tired of these young teams and these young coaches getting to the Super Bowl or getting to the finals and believing like, oh, we're young, we'll get back. People do not get back. You have to seize that moment. Moment. You have to play it like you're never going to get back there again. There's only so many Tom Brady's over like 
a hundred year span. You know what I mean? You don't get there every year, every other year. That's just, that Patriots thing isn't going to happen again. Right. And yeah, I agree with you. When people talk about, oh, you're a young team, you know, you know, ask the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, you know, how that worked out. You know, you go back and you can go throughout history and it's littered with young teams that never got back to the promised land. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things to where you can't take for granted. And, and in my opinion, this window is a lot shorter because either you, the Rams are going to have to make a decision. Are they going to pay Jared Goff? Or are they going to draft another quarterback? But if they decide to pay Jared Goff, which I think you and I both agree that we wouldn't, nope. um, you know, if they decide to, they're going to have to break up this team because they can't pay Todd Gurley. They can't pay Aaron Donald. They can't pay Brandon Cooks. They can't pay everyone and still, um, you know, and pay Jared Goff at the same time. So they're going to have to find another rookie quarterback and hope that their system is good enough to mask his flaws. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know, man. That defense, I mean, you're what you're seeing with the Seattle Seahawks is once you pay your quarterback, the first thing to suffer is your defense. Oh, excuse me. The first thing to suffer is your defense. And that Correct. defense was spectacular this game, in my opinion. So if you take away that defense and then you throw in a rookie quarterback, does, do that team even make the Super Bowl? If you throw in a quarter, if you just leave Jared Goff there and you start taking away from that defense, that team doesn't make it to the Super Bowl. Um, so at far as your other question would it be different if it was the saints i think it would have been a more exciting game but the saints hadn't shown me anything to show that they could beat the patriots either because their offensive line is bad and we saw that the new england defensive line and their defense has a pass rush that's been better than we knew with hightower and trey flowers then the the coverage on the outside was just like the Rams. You have Gilmore out there blanketing the receivers. So I don't know if those receivers do that much better. Um, so we can't even assume that the Saints would have scored, but I believe that Tom Brady would have been able to score on the Saints a lot easier. So I think if the Saints get in there, we're still talking about a bad Super Bowl because Patriots go in there and dominate. Maybe funner to watch because you would have seen more yards, more touchdowns, but still at the same, I don't think I it would have been Saints. a good Super Bowl. Saints are the 2019 Super Bowl champions in my book. In my opinion, that's all that matters. You know, hey, I've been thinking. I really want to turn into Stephen A. Smith, and I want to be as emphatic and use a lot of words that maybe are not necessary. Would you support this? I mean, you're already halfway there because just like Stephen, you make a lot of bold statements that are totally wrong. You just need to get more animation in it. I mean, that's a career. Yeah, that's a career, man. Use big words that you don't even know what they mean out of context. Might as well. Just loud and verbose for no <laughs> real reason. Uh, anyway, man, so did you see that the Kansas City Chiefs opened up as the 2020 – or yeah, is that right? 2020 Super Bowl? Man, that sounds weird. Yeah, uh, Super Bowl favorites? I mean, you have to just because Mahomes is a second-year player and he got the MVP, MVP but that goes to my same point. I mean – just in the NFL, it changes more than any other sport. That's why the Patriots are it's so crazy. That's why what they did is so great. Because most of most of the time, if you can be good one year and then not good the next year in NFL. I mean, it, it's a it's a total team sport. You can lose two defenders and then don't even make the playoffs. You know what I mean? So I can't say that they're the favorites. I mean, last year the Eagles won and they were the favorite and they blimped into the playoffs. So you just never know how these NFL seasons are going to go. But if you're going to bank on anything, you're going to bank on the quarterback. So I'm not saying that they're wrong, but who knows? Speaking of MVPs, Julian Edelman deserved MVP. I mean, he had a good game, but I still think this is one of the games where they could have gave a shout-out to the defense because I think Gilmore had a great game. I think he played excellent. That's, again, the Patriots have been – people have been saying that the Patriots' defense hadn't been good all year. And they went in there, and just because people don't watch the Rams, the Rams had one of the better offenses in the NFL this year, and they held them to three points, which is crazy. And Gilmore was a lot of the reason why they did that. So I think Gilmore should have got more credit. I think Gilmore should have been the EVP. It wouldn't have been flashy. It wouldn't have been sexy. But I think Gilmore should have was that Super Bowl, so. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it would have fit. <laughs> but I think this was a perfect time to show the defense some love. I mean, all the rules are stacked against these defensive players, especially cornerbacks, to go in there and perform like they did. 
Um, I just think, I mean, Julian had a really good game. Not taking anything away from him, but I just think they should have shown some love. Can we stop with this whole Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer thing? Who said that? Man, that's what everybody started to say. Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer. Now, I will say if they did just a playoffs Hall of Fame, yeah, sure, he'd be in. But the man doesn't even have 500 career catches, and he's, what, been in the league 10 years? You know, yeah, I think, I think got, we can all agree that Tom Brady has made a lot of receivers. I mean, I don't know if Julian Edelman's better than Deion Branch. I don't know. That he's better. He ain't better than Wes Welker. Shit, he ain't, he's nowhere. He's a great, he's a really good receiver, but he's not even the best receiver that the Patriots have had. Well, don't don't having PEDs take you out of the conversation these days? I mean, I know in baseball, yeah, we you, don't care in football. No, okay, just checking. You know. Um, so we've got. Was there anything else you want to say about football before we move on? Yes, the NFL sucks. <laughs> Man, besides for fantasy football, just because you can get some money off of it, but other I mean, than that, it sucks. I can't say that you're wrong. I cannot say that you're wrong. But we have some breaking news in the basketball world. Are you ready? I'm ready. Maya Moore skipping the 2019 season to focus on ministry. Man, I've been on pins and needles all week waiting for that announcement. I know that's what the NBA and the basketball world has been waiting on. So I'm glad we finally got that resolved and we can move forward. Man, I don't know if you know this, but Maya Moore is like, she was on her way to being like a female Jordan. Oh, well, she's still on her way. I mean, this is equivalent to saying, hey, I'm going to skip the preseason and then play in my real season because we all know they don't make any money in the WNBA and they make way more money overseas. So I think her legacy think is intact. You think she's better than Diana Taurasi? Uh, I like Diana Taurasi. Might be, she might be the best female player. Now, I was, I was on the Cynthia really good, though. I was on the really Cynthia Cooper bandwagon for a long time, but Diana Taurasi has taken that mantle for me. I don't know, man. Maya Moore might be better than both. I mean, if you if you apply what she did in college and then what she's done in um, the WNBA, and I don't even Tarasi know what she's has done just overseas. As many, Tarasi has just as many rings, though, I think. Yeah, but she had way more talent than Maya Moore had. Shit. Diana Taurasi, they had Maya Moore. Diana Taurasi had more talent than Maya Moore. Yo, look at those teams Maya Moore had. Maya Moore was like Jordan. Simone Augustus? Okay. Sylvia Fowles? Okay. Now go Lindsay look at who Whalen? Diana Okay, go look at who Diana Taurasi had on those years. Wait, I'm conv- so all right, so you who you going who you going to say what's her name? Uh Cappy Pondexter. Um she got Brittany Griner towards the end of her career. Who? Where are you talking about in the WNBA? I'm talking yeah. about in college. Oh, in college? Oh, shit, I don't, I don't know. I like WNBA. <laughs> I, I don't watch women's college basketball, but I do watch the WNBA. I was about to I say, Brittany Griner, she was in Baylor. No, yeah, I, mean, I don't watch I, got to- I don't. Full disclosure, I don't watch the WNBA at all. I know that Dinah Taurasi won one or two. I know Griner. Three. I mean, Moore won one or two. I don't watch it. I think my Moore has four. And yeah. Dinah Taurasi either has three or four. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch it at all. Full disclosure. I mean, I don't have anything against it. I mean, just I can watch college women's basketball. Can't really See, watch I the can't. WNBA. College women's basketball. Even though I know that uh, UConn has lost twice this year, which is almost unheard of. Um, it's just something about women's college basketball that I don't. Like. Even though I did go to a, 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 a women's Razorback game, Lady Razorback game the other day, which was it was good. But it's just something about women's college basketball that. I don't know. I do love the WNBA. Those those some bad women over there. So um, very talented women. I have nothing against them. It's just I like the college basketball just because they're not a lot of open court dunking. So I it's the pureness of college basketball having to run the play. And it is and in the WNBA. Like Did I miss something? No, yeah, I think it's better in college. Personally, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But I all I know is I don't get to see Diana Taurasi, Candace Parker, and uh, and Maya Moore fighting it out or Brianna Stewart fighting it out in the same year uh in college like I do in WNBA season. Here you go making a stray off on a whole WNBA ta- tangent. Oh, you right. I'm just <laughs> hey, give the ladies some love, man. Shit. <laughs> okay, it's not even WNBA season. All right. What the hell? Since you don't feel like women are important in life. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're just sexual objects to you, I guess. <laughs> uh, toxic max- masculinity. <laughs> 
quote unquote, Beatty thinks women should be in the kitchen, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here you go. Beatty Reed, if you're looking for him, everybody, you can find him on hey, Twitter. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm going to change my name on there. All right, man. So you and I kind of alluded to this a little bit uh, last week. When's the last time that you could remember that, or I should say over the last few years, but when, when I was growing up and probably you, you know, the when it was Super Bowl week, that was the biggest thing going on was the Super Bowl. And now we've got, since last year, with Blake Griffin getting traded at the deadline, and this year, I mean, the NBA has taken over with Anthony Davis on the supposedly on the move, maybe on the move. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, but the NBA is is a 24-7 you know, story right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think most of last week, especially last weekend, was dominated by where is Anthony Davis going? I mean, it, it's funny that not even the play on the court can dominate the headlines, but just Anthony Davis announcing that no extension took over all the headlines last week, and you literally had the Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl week. But I think most people were more interested in what was going to happen with Anthony Davis. Is Anthony Davis going to go in L.A.? That's getting more headlines than the L.A. Rams being in the Super Bowl. So it just shows you the power of the NFL. More people care about, you know, NBA right now than the NFL. Now, the NFL, you know, we're kind of... We're kind of creatures of habit, so I think people still watch the Super Bowl because of the Super Bowl parties, because it's an event, because of the concert, and all of that. So as long as the Super Bowl is still an event, whether you care about the game or the players, you still watch it, whether it's for the commercials, whether it's for Maroon Maroon 5 halftime show, whatever. Whether it's just because you're at a party. So you got that, but I think the storylines and how the culture is shifting, we're shifting more towards being more concerned about what's going on in the NBA than we are about anything that's going on in the NFL. Yeah, um, and for you and I who are you know major NBA fans, um, I'm I'm here for it. I mean, you know, I I find that I just think that the NBA is more interesting, man. The players are more interesting. They're you know. They have a lot more to say without fear of like, you know, you don't get that 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 thing in the NFL where, where people are like, oh, you know, that that's my teammate. You know what I mean? The, the guys that just have to say the right thing because the NFL owners will come in and, you know, cut them, trade them, fuck them over, whatever the case may be. The NBA, these guys, the, the, the NBA is players driven and it shows, man. It, it really does. Yeah, but a lot of that is also because you can kind of connect with the players. I'm not saying that you know the players, but the NBA does a better job of making you feel like you know these players. Uh, In their markets, they're all over the place. You see their face. They're out in the community, so you know. I'm not saying the NFL players aren't, but there's a lot more players on the NFL team. There's a lot more positions. They have their faces covered for the most part. You only know two or three of them. You can know everybody on an NBA team, and it's only 15 of them that, and probably only eight to 10 of them that's relevant but you can really connect with that team really know them really know their faces you see them in public you see them on tv so i think that builds a connection especially with their stars and the nba does a great job of promoting their stars so that makes you have a kind of vested interest in what happens like oh ad's getting traded to the lakers oh you know you know what i mean you really want to see what happens that's why i think it is so let's talk about this a little bit the Lakers are trying to make a trade for um, Anthony Davis with New Orleans. And New Orleans is just basically being the biggest set of trolls uh, almost that I could ever remember right now. Um, what do you do if you're the Lakers? And what do you do if you're the Pel- – first of all, you and I have talked about it. The Pelicans are terribly run. They're run by idiots. Um, and the Lakers have offered, in my opinion, too much um, – you know, it depends on what side of the fence you're on, right? Are you willing to gut your entire team? These cats have offered their entire squad plus four draft picks, six draft picks, whatever the case may be, for Anthony Davis, and the Pelicans have turned this down. Well, the four to six draft picks is wrong. That's what the Pelicans are asking for. But, I mean, I kind of follow both ways on this because New Orleans is in a unique position where, number one, it's not guaranteed you'll get another Anthony Davis. You know what I mean? They lucked up with the Chris Paul trade, and I believe they end up getting the pick that became Anthony Davis, right? Um, so now you're in that position again where your star player wants to leave. So 
not only are you thinking about getting assets for the future, you also have to account for you're not guaranteed to be able to keep your stars. So I understand the fact that they're offering, you know, Lonzo Ball, Kuzma, Hart, um, Brandon Ingram, and the two uh, Zubak, and the two first-round picks. The problem with that is that the two first-round picks, if you give them Anthony Davis with LeBron James, could potentially be late first-round picks. Not guaranteed to find a star. You're the New Orleans Pelicans. You're not good at drafting if you don't got the first pick. So how much value do they have to you? Then you look at Lonzo Ball. Already said that he doesn't even want to be there. So either you're going to trade him or next year in the same situation because you're not going to have his rights. He's going to be able to leave. You don't know if Brandon Ingram wants to be there. You don't know if Kyle Kuzma wants to be You know what I mean? So you can literally lose all these young players or be in the same position trying to trade these players away in the next year or two so it's bet it may be better for them to wait and then just get a bunch of picks from boston even if it's a even if you don't get a player the picks that you can get from boston would secure your future way more than all these young players that may not stay because you'll be able to control them for four to seven years now that while that sounds good in theory anthony davis did not say he wants now we can all agree that this is just a strong arm by the lakers because so Anthony Davis said he would re-sign with the Pelicans, or excuse me, with the uh, Bucks, Knicks, uh, Clippers, and who? There was another one or two. Bucks, Knicks, Clippers, and L.A. Lakers. Yeah. So three of those four teams have nothing to trade for. Um, yeah. For it's a brilliant move for, to make it look like he was opening it up for them. Right. So if all those teams except for the Lakers have nothing to trade for Anthony Davis, and everyone kind of knows that. Now, when it comes to Boston, Anthony Davis doesn't want to play there. And you can take the risk if you're Boston, but Danny Ainge is too smart for that. I don't think he is. I think Danny I think Danny Ainge is a risk taker. And I know I, he's he's about he's the Celtics. Their standards winning championships. And if they can give those picks to get Anthony Davis, we can look at it as a loss. But how young do you literally want to be as a Celtics? I mean, if you can get him without giving up Tatum or, you know, any of your core and you're just giving them the four picks that you accumulated from strong arm and these stupid teams, they're really not losing. They can give them the all those picks, what would you say, the Memphis, the Sacramento, the Clippers pick, their own pick. That's four draft picks that you can give them that won't kill your team because you're, you're young right now. So if they don't give them any players and they just give them draft picks, if they gave them Jalen Brown, it helps them because they're not going to re-sign Jalen Brown to a max. So the package that they can offer can be competitive with the Lakers and not even hurt them for the future or the present. And it can ensure that they'll be able to compete for a championship in that year. And I don't care what Anthony Davis says. I don't care what his dad says. It's going to be hard to leave a team that you go to the championship with. That's why LeBron James stayed in Cleveland. You take out uh, Dan Gilbert and being a dumb organization, you put in Danny Ainge and a franchise that has won championships, and you can't tell me that you can guarantee me that Anthony Davis is going to L.A. just to be with LeBron. But this also hinges on whether or not Kyrie Irving wants to stay in Boston as well because, I mean, people are already making his New York Knicks jersey. Or some people speculate that he, too, is going to reunite with LeBron in uh, in L.A. And, look, I agree with you. I think a lot of this Los Angeles shit is media-driven um, because the, the NBA needs the Lakers to be good again. Um, but, you know, Kyrie doesn't seem to like being in Boston and I wouldn't be shocked if he left and I'm not sure that Anthony Davis resigns without Kyrie being there yeah but that's kind of like I said that's kind of hit or miss after every report I also hear a report from sources saying you know Kyrie's fine Kyrie is one of those people you don't really know he's just says shit sometimes you know what I mean it feels like he just says things to get a reaction um I don't just like Anthony Davis I don't believe that if you trade for Anthony Davis, Kyrie's going to leave. I mean, Kyrie's been on a bad team. I don't think he's going to run to the Knicks because Zion's there or because now uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is there. You know what I mean? That's a bad, badly run organization similar to the Cleveland Cavs, and you're in a situation. Um, no matter what struggles, as I've been saying, we're going to see this in the playoffs. No matter what struggles the Pel- I mean, the uh, Celtics have during the season, that is a playoff that is a playoff team, not meaning that they can make the playoff, meaning that they're better built to win in the playoffs than they are 82 games. 
I mean, they have some veterans on there. Al Horford, Kyle, uh, Kyrie Irving stays banged up. But you start giving these dudes two, three, four days rest and you have to play them, that is a monster team to beat. They barely made it in the playoffs with like a seventh or AC last year and then just dominated. Now, they end up losing to LeBron, but they didn't have Kyrie Irving. I think you put Kyrie Irving on that team, and that team is in the finals. Wait, wasn't Boston a one seed last year? No, no, no. Boston was a uh, a seventh or sixth seed or something like that. They weren't a one. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Toronto Raptors were a one. They ended up playing uh, Cavs in the second round as a four. Oh, I guess that's right. Yeah, because Boston played Miami. Yeah, but didn't Boston have home field advantage in the playoffs uh, against the Rap- uh, against the uh, Cavs? Wasn't Game Seven in Boston? I might be wrong. Maybe the Cavs ended up being. A, I mean, maybe Boston ended up being. A I think three Boston seed. was the two seed, and I no, think they Cleveland were two. was they the were, three they seed. They would have to been a three. I think they were the three, but that might have been just because they won a division. The division sucks, and you get automatic third for winning the division. I gotta go look, but I know going into there we weren't. Ex- no, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because um, they were like a three, but it was who they were going to end up playing. That's what I'm thinking. Because we were saying that the Pacers or the Sixers could beat them if they played them in the first round because they came in limping. But, yeah, you're right. They started off the season in first, and then Kyrie got hurt, and then they the kind of were The Cavs were the four seed Yeah, Cavs year. were the four seed. Yeah. Um, Toronto was, was the, the first. Toronto yeah. was the first. Boston was the two, and then Philly was the three seed. Quietly, still, no one talks about Philly at all. <laughs> I mean, do we not believe in them? I don't. I don't believe I don't in Philly either. at all. I don't. They it's need. Just, they need um, Philly. I, I was watching them the other day when they played Golden State, and I know they won the game, but and I think you and I talked about this a little bit. Jimmy Butler is not a fit for that team. He's, I mean, I just think all their pieces are kind of awkward. They're talented, but I believe in the playoffs when you can really break them down and strategize for them. That outside shooting is going to kill you in today's. It's like not being able to throw in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, if you can't throw and throw the ball in the NFL and you just run the ball, that's what the Sixers looks like, that version to me. If they're not running in fast break, if they you can make them play a half-court game, it's going to look bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, they. I'm curious to see if they're active during the trade deadline, and I also wonder if they actually regret that Jimmy Butler trade now. Um, because as you and I have talked about on this here podcast, A, he's a cancer, and it seems like, man, like I said, it's just something is off, and he and Embiid don't really mix, and Ben Simmons, you know, he and Ben Simmons don't really complement each other that well on the way they play. I I don't know, man. I, I think I'd rather have Sarge and Covington, or the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Sergeant, Sergeant Covington is looking like a lot, but like we thought that, you know, Minnesota – you know, lost on that trade because they got Sark and Covington. But then you start, you start to appreciate how good role players are for your team. With Sark being able to stretch the stretch the four and being a a perfect complement to Embiid, and then you have uh, Covington who plays just as good as defense, in my opinion, of Jimmy Butler. But he's a I knockdown agree. spot up shooter, so they just seem like they had a lot more space when you can have Sark and you can have uh, Robert Covington and JJ Redick three around the perimeter. Now whatever you're doing with Ben Simmons and Covington in the lane just opens it up for guys like Reddick, Covington, and Sark for them to get a ton of open threes. I think you miss that. You see that you miss it. And I'm not sure how you fix it. Um, of course you want to get – I don't think they re-signed Jimmy Butler. That's a given. I don't think they're going to trade him before the deadline. Um, I've been seeing that they're interested in Wesley Matthews if he gets bought out. That's a good fit. But still, you can't – because of egos – Unless you're just going to deal with Jimmy Butler in the locker room, you can't, like, bench Jimmy Butler. He probably would be a better fit coming in the second unit, but he's not going to do that. I have a question. So, Who says no to this? We're talking about the Sixers. If I know this is going to sound blasphemous, but who says no? Philly calls up New Orleans, and they offer a couple picks. And Bernard Simmons for Anthony Davis. If you get back a generational, supposedly, superstar in Ben Simmons that you can completely build that team around. And then if you're Philly, you get to pair that with Embiid for the foreseeable future. And then you kind of figure out the rest. 
Is that a bad deal for either team? I think it's a bad deal for New Orleans just because of the pure quantity that you can get from another team. I think you can get more in quantity. So you're banking a lot on Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is going to be the best player. He's a for sure thing. He would be great with Drew Holiday especially because he can play in and out and they can play fast. So I'm not saying it would be bad. Um, you can also throw in some shooters from New Orleans, um, maybe a young player like Frank Jackson. So there's some stuff you could do. I just don't know. I don't know, man. I, I still don't love that fit with Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid. It's kind of the same way I feel about the Lakers. I don't love the fit of Anthony Davis and LeBron James just because they both need the ball in their hands. And then I think that fit the same way that we're talking about the Sixers having problems. I think it's going to be the same issues with Anthony Davis and LeBron unless you just put pure shooters all the way around them to spread that thing out. Well, right. But if you're the Lakers, you also realize that LeBron's 34 and Anthony Davis is 25. So no matter how this shakes out, you know, whether it be... You come out, but I mean, you still have Anthony Davis in his prime, and so if it doesn't work out, with LeBron, you can still build around it at what's going to be a twenty-eight-year-old Anthony Davis who should have a couple years of his prime left to to gun for a championship. Man, but that's a I mean, people people bang on the Lakers and they bang on that young core, and I hear Lonzo's a bust and Ingram's not good and all that blah. blah. Luke Walton's a sucky coach. If we remember, man, before. LeBron got there last year. That was an up-and-coming Lakers team. At the end of the year, nobody was saying that team was bad. Nobody was saying Luke Walton couldn't coach. They finished out the end of that season strong. They ended up with like 37 wins in the West, which they didn't make the playoffs, but that's a that's a lot for a pure young team with no su- real superstars on that team. Lonzo Ball made people better. Um, so, so that's why if I'm the Pelicans, I don't listen to Popovich or whoever's in the ear. In the ear. Uh, I take that deal, man. I mean, I hope that Lonzo will come. I hope I could talk Lonzo to come because I think he's the engine that make that go. You take Lonzo out of the equation, then you go back to that's the team that was number two. You know what I mean? Number two lottery pick. But I think Lonzo could make that team go, especially with a guy like Drew Holiday. So I take the deal and just deal with Lonzo, hope that we could bring somebody in in the offseason. And Jaleel Okafor has been looking good. So I think if you put Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Jaleel Okafor on that field on the court with Josh Hart coming off the bench, uh, Zubak coming off the bench, and you have two or three draft picks to pair with your own. And that's not a bad rebuild, man. And plus, you still can get assets with Miritich and Randall if you want to get some future assets with them, or you can just keep Miritich out there for shooting. Or you can flip Drew Holiday if you can. I mean, that contract's gonna be tough to move, but. I don't, I don't think I don't think that contract's tough because Drew's one of the best. I think people recognize that he's probably one of the best two-way players in the league right now. All I'm saying is there is definitely an avenue for them to get better, and I I do think that Danny Ainge again is saying is chumping <laughs> New Orleans and fucking with L.A. at the same time because you know all you gotta do is say look this deal is gonna be there at the end of the season, and then once if L.A. pulls out like they supposedly have. You know, and they say, yeah, well, we're actually not going to give you Tatum or the Memphis pick. We'll give you Jalen Brown and the Clippers pick since they didn't make the playoffs, which would be like a 14th pick or something like that. Um, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, I definitely think this leverage move worked against. I mean, you can break it down how it's set up, but it was definitely a leverage move by L.A., by Rich Paul, by LeBron. And FYI, I messed up last week because I said that was Rich Paul on the shop. That was actually Maverick Carter, I believe. But, um, it was definitely a y'all all look alike. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a <laughs> leverage move where they were trying to pressure New Orleans into making a decision, um, and it kind of backfired on them because now they ended up bidding against themselves. Because the, if you're in a rush to get Anthony Davis, they need to get Anthony Davis before the Celtics can enter these negotiations. So the Lakers pulled out earlier today, saying that they're bidding against themselves and they don't want to do that. I can understand it, but. That's because every time they see an offer, it has to be a totally ridiculous office offer for you to believe that they're not going to offer that again in the offseason. I can get those three players that they offered in two firsts in the offseason. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Pelicans know that they can get Anthony Davis for that in the offseason because that's not too much for another team to pay. So I believe that the Pelicans are just seeing how far they can push it until the Lakers just say, no, we're not going to do that. And if you can get those five players and squeeze out another first and get three first i think you got to do it and unless you just really convinced that you can get better from 
you know, the Celtics. And I'm not convinced that, I mean, I won't think he wants Anthony Davis, but, I mean, I'm not convinced that you're going to get exactly what you want because I don't think they're going to give Tatum. And Tatum's a big part of it. All right, so enough about all this. Let's well, talk about before Chris we go, Do you think Anthony Davis gets traded before the trade deadline? I do not. I do. I think eventually New Orleans is going to come to their system, and I think L.A. is going to bend because L.A. has to bend because they've already lost Kawhi, they've already lost PG, and I think that L.A. will flinch. We'll see. I I don't I I I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Because it's another um, year wasted of LeBron. That's why I think they're going to do it. You can't. I mean, if they had a younger LeBron, then they could afford to wait for L.A. to, I mean, A.D. to go to Boston next year and then come. <coughs> but I don't think so, they're going to do that. Let's talk about Chris Cops <coughs> Porzingis being traded from the Knicks. Uh, hey, man, listen. All this coughing on this podcast, we're going to change the name of this damn podcast. Okay, between me and you, coughing up germs every week, we got to stop this. Yeah, I mean, this is my advertisement to live healthy. I'm not even actually coughing. I'm just giving a, a advisement that when we start getting ads, that's what I'm. Has do. your wife uh, started the funeral stuff because you're dying or whatever? No, no, we feel like we're gonna hold off to see if the insurance policy will cover it. All right, so Kristaps Porzingis was traded from the New York Knicks to the Dallas Mavericks um, for Dennis Smith Jr. and uh, a real ragtag bunch. <laughs> um, cap, so just say cap room. Cap yeah, basically just cap room. <laughs> um, so clearing the way for the Knicks to continue to be bad. Not that they, not that Kristaps Porzingis was going to play this year and help them improve, but um, really clearing the way for them to open up two max slots for cough, cough, Kevin Durant, cough, cough, Kyrie Irving. Um, so let's talk a little bit about both franchises here. If you're Dallas, obviously it's a great move for you. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. and uh, um, uh, Luka Doncic weren't exactly a basketball fit. And now you, assuming that Kristaps Porzingis is going to be healthy, which I have my doubts about, um, but assuming that he is, uh, you pair those two for a decade and you really do have something to build around there. Yeah, and uh, Mark Cuban came out and said that he made a mistake when he traded Steve Nash, which is why I started not to like Dallas because they traded Steve Nash. But he said he made a mistake when he traded Steve Nash and didn't pair up Dirk and Steve Nash for, you know, the 10 years to make that more successful. So getting Kristoff Przingis is his vision of Steve Nash and Dirk. I think it's a good trade. I think it's a risk that risk that Dallas has to make because they don't get free agents like they want to. So you, if you have a chance to get a young star that fits your young star and pair them up, I think it's great for a small market team like Dallas. It's kind of crazy that Dallas is a small market team. But I was going to ask about that. They, they, people treat them like a small market. They don't. No one goes there. No one wants to be there. All the don't get. You go to Houston before you go to Dallas, which is crazy. But yeah, man. But the only thing that I've said about Prozingis is as good as Prozingis is, I have reservations about giving him a max contract because the dude is frail. Not only is his frame frail, he's seven foot three. He's skinny. He's small. He's slight, but he's injury prone. Through his first two or three seasons, I mean, you, he's out all the time. Back injury, ankle injury. But the back injury is the most concerning, and that was even before the ACL injury. So that's what you're getting. That's why the Knicks had some concerns about paying him a max contract, which I agree with, especially if you're the Knicks. From the Knicks' perspective, I think this is probably the the best move that they made in the last 20 years, man. You trade Przingis, you, you corrected your mistake of bringing in a young star like uh, like Dennis Smith Jr. I think Dennis Smith Jr. is better than people give him credit for. It's like Chris Paul playing for Byron Scott. You have someone that's really hard on point guards and want them to play so terrible. Yeah, Rick Carlisle hates rookies. So. Yeah, he don't let them really open up and play his game. That's what his, his, that You want him to be a pure point guard and hold the ball and dribble and pass seven times? That's not Dennis Smith's game. So I think he'll benefit. You trading Kristoff, I mean, you saw that Knox has the potential to be a star too. So now, just to even start off, you have D, um, Dennis Smith Jr., you have Kevin Knox, you have a young Mitchell Robinson who's really good, and then that's not even counting Trier and Dotson to go along with cap space to it to get two max free agents, and you just put yourself in the Zion sweepstakes. But even if you don't get Zion, there's five five prospects that would be great in New York. So I think this was great for them. I think it's great for both teams, and I think it's going to work. 
Yeah, we'll see. The uh, The Knicks have been pretty terrible for the better part of 50 years, so we talked about that, you know, <clears throat> last week. So, I mean, they certainly can't get any worse. So, uh, But, I mean, this, you know, is I the best, think... this is the best financial, because you remember the Knicks didn't have their draft picks for years, and they've always been locked up in the cap. This is the best situation they've been in a long time. Yeah. I agree. So I, I think it's a move that should prove to work out for both franchises. Am I convinced that New York is going to land two free agents? Mm, no, um, because they still have a knucklehead that's an owner, and you know they've proven to be incompetent for years. Um, but we'll see. I think Kevin Durant is a real possibility. I don't think I do Kyrie. Too. I don't think Kyrie's a possibility. I, I definitely think Kevin Durant's a possibility because Kevin Durant would be the type that you know. I mean, if you're building something and Kevin Durant wants his own legacy, you didn't do a bad job of what they have in place right now. And well, Ke- somebody at some point is going to want to save the Knicks. Somebody at some point. I I remember playing 2K, and with my creative player, I wanted to be the guy that saved the Knicks. So, so what I Carmelo did, Anthony? I won four straight championships in Memphis. <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm out. I'm going to go win one for the Knicks. I won two for the Knicks, and then I went and retired in Memphis with four more championships. Yeah. What do you think about that trade that they're talking about? Um, I think the the Conley trade that I heard is Rubio for Conley. No, thanks. Then there oh. was a Kyle Larry and Jonas Valanciunas for no, Conley for and Marcus Gasol. No, thanks. Now, didn't, nope. uh, didn't Kyle Larry play in Memphis? Sure did. We kicked his ass to the curb once. It's funny because Kyle Larry has a way of going back to teams that kicked him to the curb. Send his ass back to Houston, hell. Yeah, he, he went to Houston twice. Now he's on his way to Memphis. Do now, you think Memphis, Mike Conley gets traded before the trade deadline? Mike Conley, I do think, is traded to, by the deadline. I think it will be Utah. Um, so you know you're getting Rubio, Rubio. You know you're getting Ricky Rubio and probably Derek Favors, right? That's fine. The Memphis needs to be bad, and those two don't help us be good. So, <laughs> um, you know, as far as the Kyle Lowry thing, I mean, why would Memphis want to take on that contract? Three years, $100 million for a 31-year-old point guard is stupid. Toronto was – now, they did the right thing by taking care of their guy, but that doesn't mean that anyone else needs to pay for it. So How much does uh, Rubio have? Doesn't Rubio have like two years, 60 or something? Yeah, but that's manageable. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, that's that's an expensive expiring next year that will become valuable. No, so, no. I mean, like after this year. I think he has I three. Think he so. just signed – he just signed like last year or two years. Ago. He didn't. It's not because remember they had George Hill, and oh, then got, he's got two more years left on that deal. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, because if you're Memphis, you've got the you've either got to make a decision to give Boston that pick this year, be really bad next year, and really because 2021 that pick is going to Boston, or you can just give it up this year. I mean, you kind of you got to make the decision. So. Uh, Memphis is in a, a no-win situation, but Kyle, taking on that Kyle Lowry contract to pair with that fucking uh, Chandler Parsons contract, it just doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, I mean that Chandler, that, that Chandler Parsons contract was very bad. It sent me, sent Memphis back five years. I, I don't even understand why they why they would have. Uh, that was the most two words signing. Chris Wallace. Okay, yeah, that was a bad. Not because I mean it's not like you're. You're signing a dude, taking a chance on him. They signed him to a max contract, and I don't think he had played in two years, at least. Yeah. He hadn't didn't play a full season in two years, that's for sure. So you, you signed him to a max? I mean, that's that's nuts. Uh, I don't know. People just out here robbing these owners. These owners are trying to get above <laughs> the cap the cap uh, floor so bad they're just throwing away money. I wish I could shoot a ball real good. <laughs> Why couldn't uh, I just be six seven, man? You could just be a millionaire being coordinated in the six seven. It's crazy. All right, man. Before we get out of here, anything else we want to uh, get off our chest? Baseball season right around the corner. I know you're excited for that. Yeah. Ah, uh, no, I'm good. I'm not interested, but I'll get more interested. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you being honest. Yeah, you gotta. You got to give me the stories ahead of line, ahead of time, and I'll keep up with you. But yeah, you want to talk about people hating on Penny Hardaway real quick? Oh yeah, we we're gonna touch on that um, last week. Yeah, Penny Hardaway. So story is that Penny Hardaway thinks that he's getting a lot of hate from these college coaches because he's turning Memphis into a NBA program. He upgraded the facilities. He has players like Mike Miller and who's the other coach? Um, 
Is it Sam, Sam Mitchell? Uh, Sam Mitchell. Yeah, Sam Mitchell on his coaching staff. Um, they feel like he's using his NBA leverage to get these recruits and cheating the system because he hadn't put in his dues. I think all this came from one Rick Barnes, who's probably already. Well, he has the number one team in the nation right now. So sure does. Um, what do you think about that, man? That's your that's your home state. Penny's your guy. Penny is my guy. I actually went to watch him in uh, and watch the Tigers play in Tulsa uh, last week. And I'll tell you this: they've got the number one recruit coming in, and by God, they need him because <laughs> <laughs> they have a bunch of small dudes out there that made Tulsa look like an NBA team playing like a high, playing a high school team. Um, and you can tell Penny is definitely really green as far as adjusting to coaching college basketball. Uh, Mike Miller is the same way, but. Um, you know, Rick Barnes, I mean, come on, man. Memphis isn't even on your radar. Now, in in the recruiting scene, because you're in the same state, it's going to start to catch up. But, um, you know, that's just the nature of the game, man. I mean, John Calipari is a great recruit recruiter. I mean, he ain't, he's not always a good coach. So if you can coach, what are you worried about? Yeah, but I, I mean – I kind of feel Rick Barnes because it is kind of a cheat code, but you knew it was a cheat code with bringing him in. Now, if he was just doing a Calipari thing of using his uh, contacts of being in the AAU circuit to bring kids in, that's one thing. But now you bring kids in and you got a real coach on the bench in Sam Mitchell. So it is, you know what I mean? So you're bringing Penny in and Penny making coach, he may not can coach, who knows? But the fact that he's using his recruiting connections to get these AAU people in and then he is smart enough, intelligent enough to get a coaching staff of real coaches, of people who can coach on the game of basketball. He I wanted know. Larry Brown. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's smart. It's genius. You use your you use your power to go and get people in and it's then, called networking, folks. Yeah, but I mean it's great. I like it. But I could see why coaches would be, you know, adamant about him kind of cheating the system. Yeah, well. It's called competition, folks. You're going to have to get used to it. Yeah. Well, Rick Barnes said that he has a number one team in Tennessee, so he already he does. I mean, you should have to pay your dues. The problem is that Penny Hardaway is like, what, 40-something? How old is Penny Hardaway? Oh, yeah, Penny's, yeah, early, yeah mid-40s. Yeah, he could he could potentially start a, <laughs> a dynasty that lasts like 50 years, man, because coaches in college coach, they're like 90. Yeah. Well, that's all I got, man. I mean, Basketball is going to be pretty basketball heavy for the next couple of months, I suppose, because obviously we got combine coming up here next month, uh, draft in April. Other than that, there's not anything happening in the football world. So stay tuned, buckle your seats. Uh, all right, man, hit them with the Instagram, hit them with the whatever. Yep, we have an Instagram page. You can find us at two the number two smart dummies. Um, you can check me out at B Reed Part. <laughs> B Reed Pod and Marcus is also on there. Marcus Guantanamo. Do you want to spell that out for him? G U A N T A N A M O. I hope that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a Gmail account if you want to tell us how we can make this show better and tell us how dumb Marcus is. I try to tell him, but I could use some help. So you could go to smartdummies, the number two at gmail.com. And we also have a Facebook page. The just, Facebook. Yeah, just search Two Smart Dummies. You can catch all the past episodes on there. We're located on Spotify and on Anchor. If you're listening, I'm pretty sure you know that we're located on either one because that's how you listen. <laughs> well, that's it. That's <laughs> all, folks. We'll holler at y'all uh, next week. Peace. Peace.